Is Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard ahead of schedule after practicing at OTAs? All that more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we had our first open to the public OTAs. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. We get to talk about more than hypothetical football, which yeah. is fantastic. Guys out on fields, maybe they're not wearing pads, maybe they're not wearing helmets. Maybe they are, though. Uh, and, and some, but uh, but But mostly they're doing organized team activities which mm-hmm. is uh more than more than what we could say about last week so i'm excited the good news is we have some notes to share with you yeah. first up let's do some health updates uh tony pollard on the field going through walkthroughs with the dallas cowboys now again remember this is not contact it's no. not a lot of live speed stuff it's not even really half speed stuff but it was encouraging to see tony pollard out on the practice field on thursday yeah, it sounds like he did some individual stuff, and then he even did some team stuff a little bit. Uh, they had him out there uh, running some routes and, and, and catching a screen, which is—I mm-hmm. mean, that, that that alone is a note worth bringing up. Well, uh, they ran a screen. <laughs> they ran a screen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it sounds like you know that was a, a little bit surprising, maybe even a little bit ahead of what some folks expected as far as getting out there. Now, look, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, it's not full speed it's not contact but no one was doing any of that stuff so the fact that he's out there is something it's it's better than uh him being a non-participant which kind of was what i was expecting yeah i mean it's great because we still have two months until training camp right yeah so the fact that he's even out there at all is really encouraging i also saw a note from todd archer uh yesterday that he had the it's called the tightrope procedure Mm-hmm. which is basically this ankle procedure, which doesn't put pins into the foot, like after you fracture your foot. So there's no second surgery that needs to go in and remove the screws, which helps with the timeline. So, I mean, at this point, I would be shocked if he's not ready for training camp. And I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that he's going to be at 100% or close to 100% by the time we get to week one. Yeah, I still think we're going to see a healthy dose of these down roster running backs. Oh yeah, um, and, you know Dave Malik Davis and Rojo and 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 Lipke and 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 obviously Vaughn as well. So we're going to see a lot of those guys during the preseason because they're going to want to find out. A, they're going to want to find out what they got in these down roster yep. guys. They know what Pollard is, uh, and B, obviously they're not going to push Pollard any more than he needs to be needs to be yep. done. So they they he, he doesn't need to play any preseason games and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it, uh, just like timeline wise, like you said, two months out from the start of training camp, you got to feel pretty good about uh, the Pollard's availability. All right, next one. Uh, let's do Terrence Steele, who was yeah. on the field with a practice jersey, wearing cleats. Uh, again, not doing a ton, but just the fact that he's there on wearing the field cleats. indicates yeah. that he's probably not too far away. 
Yeah, again, wearing cleats, I understand it's, it's you know, there are levels to this, and we have gotten into the tea leaf reading of this sort of yeah. thing for a while. But the fact that he's out there, he's in cleats, meaning regular shoes, uh, that to me seems like that he's, you know, well on his way. Working with the bands and the ropes, yep. right? Yep. And, and, and as we've talked about before, working in the bands usually is a good indication of where you are in your recovery. Uh, that's how we knew that Gallup would be coming back sooner than later. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that the fact that he's, you know, not necessarily in a brace anymore and, you know, wearing normal shoes, doing a little bit of activity, that bodes well for his timeline and getting back healthy uh, sooner than later. Now, I won't be surprised if the Cowboys really take it slow with Terrence Steele, considering he had an ACL injury midway through the season. So yeah. is there a chance that he's ready for the start of training camp? Probably. I, I won't be surprised if he's on the field practicing. But I also won't be surprised if they just wait and have him do a lot of rehab work, making sure that his conditioning is up. So when he does get back on the practice field, he can just start focusing on practice and not the rehab part. So we'll see. I still think he's probably two or three months out, but again, all signs are indicating that he's going to be ready to go for the regular season. We just don't quite know where he's going to play. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Last one, Michael Gallup, Uh, a full year moved uh, from the ACL injury from all the reports that we got yesterday, it sounds like he's getting closer to being back to the Michael Gallup that we were used to seeing prior to the injury. Yeah, it felt like we were getting several reports going out of their way to mention about how different Michael Gallup looked. Yeah, uh, Springy was the word that kept on getting thrown around, and I think that's actually a word he used to describe himself. So, um, yeah, it's incredibly encouraging, obviously, to get the entire offseason to kind of continue to work through and, and get stronger, work with Dak to kind of regain that chemistry a little bit uh, at, at the Dak yard and all that. So, um, yeah, I think that's all ex- extremely encouraging for what we've talked about and, and his kind of return to a form yep. uh, uh, from his from his injury uh, almost and a I, year and a half I ago. do think these OTAs are really important for Michael Gallup because yeah. – not only just to get in rhythm with Dak and get back into flow of offense, but just to start building some confidence in your knee that, hey, I can jump up and land on one foot and be fine, right? And I can take a little bit of contact and go to the ground and be fine. This is where you build that confidence. So when we get to the regular season, there's no thinking twice about, okay, am I going to hurt my knee again if I cut yeah. this way? Uh, it's important. Dak addressed it too, like he, he how he trusts Gallup, and 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 honestly, just based on what again what we heard, uh, he went to him several different times, especially in the red zone, mm-hmm. even when he was on when Gilmore was on him. So uh, there's trust there, there's belief in, in Gallup, and I will add it too. I think another thing we should throw it out there is because he got a full off season, uh, they mentioned that he was actually getting opportunity to work a little bit more in the slot. So he's actually getting an opportunity to kind of expand his route tree a little bit. Well, hold on um, really quickly on that. Cause I, I just want to clarify. Cause I, maybe yeah, I, please. This. I saw, I saw the quote about him moving him around and it said that he's traditionally been their X receiver and removing him around a little bit. Does that mean slot or does that mean more like, could they be using him as a Z receiver? In sort, sort I, mean, of- I think it's both. I, I think that from what the quote made it sound like, the idea, like at the end of the quote, they basically said something to the extent it's really exciting to have all three receivers being able to play all three positions. Okay, just wanted to so, be clear because I might have missed. Yeah, that. Yep. yeah, they didn't specify slot, but I think that last quote kind of yeah. tells you what their what their thinking is, and I think it's I think it's it's interesting. I think because I, I think there's some routes that I would like to see Michael Gallup run from the slot, you know, exactly. and, and, and just because of the type of player he is. So uh, I, I think getting the opportunity to kind of. Uh, 
uh, uh, get another offseason and, and, and to kind of expand his role a little bit and allow him to be moved around along with the other guys, uh, it just makes this offense more dangerous. It allows you to put these guys into positions to do what they do best and help, uh, uh, you know, uh, accentuate what the yes. other folks do best. All right, Landon, let's talk about the offensive line because there was a uh, very interesting couple tweets about the Cowboys' offensive line and how they were lining up on Thursday. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to try the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar. It's absolutely fantastic. If you're like me and you're trying to make some healthier snack choices – as we get into summer, but you don't want to compromise on taste, we've got just the thing for you. It's Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so good that you're not even going to know that they're healthy. You've got to try them. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it, but they only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. You can still go to Built.com, order your specialty bars over there, but now you can run into your local Walmart and pick up a 4-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puff. Or if you happen to live close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff or churro puff, and you can thank us later. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Every day is on Monday's show. We're going to review some OTA notes from the defensive side of the ball. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Landon, let's talk about the Cowboys offensive line because no Zach Martin just wasn't president at practice. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is voluntary. The guys do not have to be there. But the lineup that we saw was Tyler Smith at left tackle. Matt Farniak at left guard, uh, Tyler Biotis at center. I believe it was Josh Ball at right guard, mm-hmm. and then Tyron Smith at right tackle. We got a couple quote, you know, quotes and tweets. One from our guy Michael Gelkin, who said it would be a it would be quite a surprise if Tyron Smith wasn't the starting right tackle to open up the year. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys' offensive line combination uh, at practice? Well, uh, I. Now hearing that quote again, at, at, at the time when I heard it, I said that seems extremely premature um, to to kind of make a, a proclamation that would be surprising that the guy who started all of last season, the season before that at right tackle would not be the starting right tackle uh, to come this year. I understand who Tyron Smith is, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I I wonder now, just at this moment, as as I heard you say that quote to me, I'm wondering now if this isn't a sneaky, maybe Steele isn't quite as far along as we think he is. Comment. Oh. Uh, because it doesn't make sense to me if Steele is healthy and, and, and available for week one. Uh, I'm just going to say this. I, I, I don't think it makes sense to me if Steele is healthy that he isn't the starter at right tackle over anybody. Yeah, like I, I, I well, because the I way he, there's no, there's no doubt that Steele was a better right tackle last year than Tyrone. And it was just understandable, right? Like Steele's been yeah. playing that position for multiple years. Tyron was coming back from an injury and sw- switching positions, right? I, I think the Cowboys have just have put themselves in a difficult uh, 
political situation. And I don't obviously mean politics political, but like it's a, a political situation in the sense that they brought Tyron back. I don't know if they necessarily want him or need or need him to be the starter, you know? And I think that that's where the issue is, is that no one wants to say this out loud, but the best scenario that may make everyone happy except for Tyron Smith might be to find a starter at left guard, keep Tyler Smith at left tackle, keep Terrence Steele at right tackle and have Tyron Smith be your swing tackle. Okay. You're, you're not wrong, but I can guarantee you when Tyron Smith signed his rework contract. Cause remember a lot of it's based on playing time, yeah. right? And number of snaps played that he was guaranteed a starting job. Right. I, I, I would not be surprised by that. A- okay. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I also think that there is a very strong, you know, conflict going on right now about that because, uh, you know, I, no, I agree. I agree that that's probably what happened. And I agree that that's yes. what they want to do. But I also think that there's going to be a problem down the road because I just have a hard time believing that healthy now, uh, that Tarrant Steele isn't a at least tie for where Tyron Smith is, and Ty should go to the younger player right, as so far as I'm concerned. Like, l- let me ask you this. On the Cowboys' offensive line, what do you think is the number one priority for the front office and the coaching staff, this, just this season, or just, uh, sorry, let me just remove that. This season and beyond, what's the number one priority on the offensive line? On the offensive I, line, I, I think for them, honestly, it's developing Tyler Smith as left tackle. I I agree with you, right? So if that's priority number one, right? Then you leave. Just forget about that. Now we're talking about right tackle, right? Okay, do you? rush Terrence Steele back or do you play Tyron Smith with the idea that you just know he's not going to be able to hold up and if he does you're still getting really good right tackle play yeah I mean I, you're not I getting the, you're not getting the run part of it right you're not be, you're not getting a dominant run player anymore but there is some appeal of having Zach Martin and Tyron Smith on your right side Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I, look. I'm not going to be furious about it. I just wonder if it isn't a mistake, you know? Because, look, I mean, first of all, Terrence Steele should be your long-term solution at right tackle. I think, like, you know, like Tyler Tyron Smith is. Uh, I don't actually know. Let, let's put it that way. I don't. We're know. all we're just guessing. We're all right? guessing. But Tyron Smith, with a with a year of practicing at right tackle. Maybe he's better than Terrence Steele. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that I, wouldn't surprise me, honestly. That wouldn't be shocking. I mean, no. like Ter- Terrence Smith is a Hall of Famer. We talked about it. Well, I think we he's should still all, a very good player. Like, I mean, we should also mention this is one of the few off-seasons where Tyron Smith isn't coming off a major surgery, right? right? Like, he was healthy by the end of the year. And the fact that he's practicing in a May OTA – yeah. Suggested maybe this is as healthy as he's been in a while. Yeah, that's that's legitimately legitimate point. And and I I think the thing that we're all struggling with the most, I think, at least I am and I, other folks I know that are that like really focus on offensive line is that I mean, was Terrence Steele your best offensive lineman last year? Like as a run blocker, legi- yes. That's a yes. legitimate question, right? Like I, I think 
Zach Martin is obviously Zach Martin, but I mean, I think there were points when Terrence Steele was every bit as good as Zach Martin at right tackle as Martin was at guard. Well, so the other thing that really him with Tyler, with Tyler Smith is tough, man. It's just, it's just tough to, to, to kind the, of wrap your brain around. The other thing that really complicates this is, I mean, obviously Tyron is on a rework deal where he gets paid basically a million dollars for every game that he's active. Like yeah. it, it's basically essentially what it is. Terrence Steele is playing on the final year of his deal, which is basically just a second round tender, which paid him a couple million. That's it. Yeah. And he's dealing with an injury. So I know the Cowboys don't think of this way, like on purpose, but you do wonder like, Hey, if we just kind of slow play things with Terrence Steele on a cheap deal, maybe we can keep him next year at a reduced number because we're not having him play all these snaps and we're not exposing him to another injury, right? Or maybe he's going to play, but let's not overwork him in September and October. Or maybe you lose him to a team that, you know, won't try to work the the ref like that. I don't know. I know. Look, it's, it's your, your angle is right in the sense that it's probably the best business deal. But what I'm actually worried about is all of this potentially being the the kind of impetus for Terrence Steele to walk out the door. And then suddenly us being a year from now, being in a situation where we had three tackles and now we only have one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where my concern is. Uh, Just the other thing that was interesting to me, uh, we had Matt Farniak playing left left guard. I don't think we've talked about him enough as a potential option there because he did start games at left guard last year. Remember, Connor McGovern got hurt. I believe it was on the second drive of the game against Tampa Bay. Farniak did not play well early in the season. No. Just be clear, no. he didn't. Not even for him, which is which. You know, what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, right. Um, but they're worth. I mean, we liked Matt Farniak coming yeah. out of school, and we liked him during this rookie season. So maybe in year three, things are starting to turn around for him a little bit. But I do think it's interesting that he practiced ahead of Chuma Adoga, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's it's worth noting for sure, and, and I think if anything, it shows you that he's in the mix here for that guard spot. I mean, I think that's that's the thing about the guard spot and why we're not like kind of full panicking about this is because, uh, you know, like we said, it maybe there is still an outside chance Tyler Smith plays there, and even if he doesn't, you've got four different guys vying for that spot. All you need yeah. is one of them to, to kind of show up, you know. And passable, I think, right? Yeah, and I think Farniak is a guy that you know, like we liked a lot. We think he has a lot of tools. He's had some time to develop. Now he's actually had some snaps in the NFL that he can use. We talked about the value of getting to be on the field so you can watch yourself on tape and then making improvements in the off season. Is there a chance that he's made enough improvement that he's uh, vying for that spot? Absolutely. I think that's possible. That's possible. Uh, and I think that, you know, they're going to give these young guys that they drafted every opportunity to yes. take that job. And I think they should, because I think Farniak's worked really hard to remain on the team. He's been a guy that they've carried for a long time. I think there's something there. He's got some athleticism, some strength. He should be in the consideration. I think they're clearly going to give him his shot. Again, I, I want to bring up the contract stuff. Remember, Tyler Biotish is also going into the yeah. final year of his contract. So it does make sense for the Cowboys to, if, if all things are equal between Odoga and Farniak to give Farniak as many snaps as possible because you might need him to be your starting center at this time next year. Yeah. So uh, don't be surprised if he continues to get a ton of first team reps over the next few weeks. Uh, Landon, let's talk a little bit more about Dak Prescott and the rest of the offense next. 
All right, Dak, or Dak, Landon, we're going to talk about Dak. We've got some uh, some updates from Mike McCarthy talking about how they're not really changing the language too much. The thing that I I noticed and heard a couple different people talk about was the tempo of the offense. It sounds like they want to be faster, which again is completely the opposite of what everybody else was worried about this offseason where Brian Schottenheimer is going to you know, slow the tempo down. No, it seems like the Cowboys want to play faster. And that, you know, comports with what they did last year. It comports with what Mike McCarthy has done throughout his career. Watch the feet, not the mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Like, watch what they're doing, not what they're saying. Like, to me, the the hand-wringing over all the talk about how they're going to run the football more, how, you know, how they want to, like, establish the run. I mean, that's all nice talk, but when they're talking about taking up more tempo, when they're going out and trading for a third wide receiver, when they're letting go one of their running backs to save yeah. money, uh, I, I just think it, the, the, all the things that they're doing read opposite to what they're saying. Exactly. I'm, I'm all for this. Like, obviously, more tempo. They've had so much success when they played with tempo, and frankly – Honestly, I felt like at times they didn't do, use it nearly enough. They were too was, slow on offense, right? It, I mean, they they had one of the fastest, uh, uh, the, I think the shortest time between snaps one maybe in the NFL, and it still felt like they could do it more because when they did it, they were so successful. It, it usually, like, I was asking for them to do it at the start of games because it felt like it was a way to, like, turn Dak's you know, brain he's instantly on. in rhythm, right? Yeah, suddenly just yeah. in rhythm. He's, he's he, and it's just like that's usually was the turning point in a lot of these games where there was like kind of slow starts. They they have Dak go out there, you know, play some quick with some rhythm, with some some pep, some mm-hmm. quick, some quick no no huddle stuff, and suddenly he's boom completion, 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 completion down the field. You know, and and I think that they should do that more. Now, part of what comes with that is that you have to be able to you can't just be an up-tempo team. Like if you run an up-tempo offense, there has to be a point when you have to be successful running a down-tempo yes. offense because you get points up and you're trying to kill out a game. You can't you can't kill out a game with an up-tempo offense. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the ability to play down-tempo too. But the fact that they're practicing more up-tempo stuff means that in the <laughs> – the game equivalent of moving between the twenties, like, you know, like first into the first through the beginning of the fourth quarter, when you need a bunch of points, there's no reason not to just be playing with a, with a faster tempo. If it's going to make you more efficient. The other thing that we should mention is that they're not changing the language of the offense all that much. I think there's a little tiny bits in here, which is great because that makes it a lot easier on deck to, to have this kind of transition they already have so many returning starters. I did get a kick out of Dak talking about Mike McCarthy's accent in his ear. The, <laughs> Do you Dak, recognize the, that accent? Oh, <laughs> the Yinzer accent. Listen, I hear it all the time. Uh, it's going to take Dak a little bit of time because he's so used to Kellen Moore calling the plays. But mm-hmm. honestly, everything that Dak and Brian uh, Schottenheimer, Mike McCarthy said yesterday, I was thrilled to see. They're going to have a like a Pamonte's brother formation. Permanis, Is that what they're going to Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you yeah, haven't had a Permanis sandwich, it's it's coleslaw, it's fries, it's great. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. Send me one, please, <laughs> folks. If you if you live nearby, yeah, uh, yeah I think I, I think the language thing was obviously huge. I mean, look, we we've I have talked about this a lot through the offseason because I felt like it was important, and I feel like getting 
this kind of reaffirmed and we had this kind of reaffirmed earlier too that they aren't changing the language is a, a big comfort to me because it feels like yes we're changing the offense but the change in the offense is going to be and they even i think specified this too the change in the offense is going to come from the way the plays are called exactly right? and, and, and yeah. who, that's based on who the play caller is so we're all agreeing that the plays are called the same we're all agreeing that we call the plays the same way but how we play call the plays the sequence of which the plays are called that's all going to change because the play callers change. And everybody is so concerned that the Cowboys are going to be more run heavy. But remember, the play, the, the current play caller is one of the most pass happy play callers in the league when he gets a chance to call plays. So I wouldn't panic too much. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day or on Monday's show, we're going to have some uh, OTA notes on the defensive side of the ball. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, check out the show on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you next time.